You are listening to Jim and Barb work from home. Two of my children are stranded at home trying to make home be the workplace. And of course, Jim and Barb will be laughing at each other's jokes. Your laughter is up to you. Enjoy. Welcome to Jim and Barb, a work from home, uh, the podcast where Jim and Barb are at home, and we also record a podcast because we don't have anything else to do. We're not going outside. We're no. not socializing with with other people. No, it is sub. I was going to say subterranean outside. <laughs> that is not the right word. Um. <laughs> Well, there are some subterranean things outside. I mean, it is cold outside right now in the great state of Minnesota for the past week and then some. No, no, it's been about a okay. week now. Uh, for the past week, uh, the highs have been in the negatives. Ooh, that's yeah. exciting. Are you talking like actual temperature or wind chill? Uh, oh, no, temperature. actual temperature. Uh, okay. With All the right. wind chill, uh, I got my little alert and it was like, warning, you may see uh, temperatures feeling like negative 50 degrees due to uh, okay. wind chill this weekend. Stay inside. So, right. so you stayed inside. Yeah. And it's, it's, we're, it's supposed to continue like this in, for about, what, four more days, I think? Four or five more days? Okay. And then, right. and then we get highs in the single digits. Hey. I'm going to put shorts on and go outside. Short Shorts and flip-flop weather. You better believe it, buddy. Yeah, I've been quite a bit, uh, I mean, I won't say it's quite a bit warmer, but our lows have been in the uh, the teens and 20s, so. Nice. Doing a little bit better. Our our highs are high enough to uh, melt just, just a little bit of the snow in the sun. Uh, that's very nice to hear, because all of our stuff is just sheets of ice everywhere. Mm. Everywhere. Obnoxious. Obnoxious when you get that ice every place. I mean, I will admit that not having anywhere to go or an office to go into uh, hasn't been the worst thing ever for the last yeah, week. That probably makes your life a little easier. Yep. Don't need to worry about dying if I'm walking to my car. <laughs> Fair. Yep. Yeah. Welcome to the tundra. Well, yes. You you are in it. Yep. Uh, as Prince says, uh, uh, it, it keeps the bad people away. So. <laughs> ah, that, that's what he said. Uh, so what have you been up to uh, other, than, other than staying inside, Barb? Anything interesting? Um... I vacuumed. Okay. All right. Oh, I've been doing some more like cleaning and unpacking. Okay. Um, so a lot of home, home stuff. Yeah. All right. Is there something else? Is there like? I, I'm not trying to like. Uh, I feel like you're trying to witness. trap me. Like Tra- are, I'm not trying you, to trap you. Are you trying to get me to say that I'm doing something or I'm not doing I'm something? I'm curious what what's happening, man. I, what's what's going on? What's you know? You're watching some some movies. You're you're, oh. you're uh, 
like the new Taylor Swift single just dropped. Uh, people are hyped about that. Oh, I didn't know about that. You know, I don't know. Um, just want to know what's going on. The the fun and exciting thing. I have started watching season one of Criminal Minds. Oh, yeah. Criminal. Which show is that? Uh, so that's the show where they're um they're called. Is that a, a Law and Order? No, it's not a Law and Order. They're part of like Quantico. They're the BAU Behavioral Analysis Unit, and they're okay. profilers of like serial killers, um, and okay. other gruesome murderers and stuff like that. And so they get to go and fly to all of these different places and and profile killers and kidnappers to help the police find. Is that the one with LL Cool J? No, you're thinking NCIS uh, Los Angeles. That's the one with LL Cool J. <laughs> this is the one with Shamar Moore and Mandy Patinkin. Okay, okay, I know the I know the Shamar Moore. Oh, uh, uh, and what's I his, know his abs. Yeah, oh, as as do a lot of us. Um, uh, it also stars uh, the illustrious Greg from Dharma and Greg. I yeah. You don't. You, you lost me. Oh man, Dharma and Greg was a show. I know. I know what Dharma and oh. Greg is. I just like <laughs> those. Uh, you know, there's a certain brand of uh, sitcom white guy that uh, is all the same person. Yep. So, like, I'm not gonna try and pick them out of a barrel. I I I mean, there would be a lot to pick from. And they would all be the same. So, uh, what? So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. What all have right. you been doing, Jim? Barb, let me tell you about a mistake. Oh, yes, uh, please. A mistake that uh, has been several weeks in the making, and I'm still not complete uh, making this mistake. I. <laughs> what is going on? What is going on in your household, James? <laughs> have Have you ever heard? Of the Puppet Master. Uh, like the movie series? Like the movie series. Uh, I have heard of it. Uh, if the follow-up question is going to be, have I seen it? The response to that will be no. Because I'm fairly confident uh, that that's a scary movie series. And I'm, it is, I'm kind, it of, is a, kind of a scaredy cat. It is a low-budget, uh, high... I don't know where I'm going. Uh, it, it's... Low budget, high cheese? Nah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going. Okay, it's, right. it's a low budget horror film uh, that that has high aspirations. The first one is on, or was on HBO Max. Uh, it, it started me down the trail uh, to watch almost all of them. Aren't there like seven? There are more than seven. Um, let's not get into the numbers. There are too many of them. How many uh, are I there, I have Jim? watched two. How many? Uh, all right. So um, the first three uh, follow a bit of a trend. Then there's two more, which are, are like trying to introduce... Some different characters. Uh, then there's three more after that, which are just a complete uh, grab bag. 
then there's three more after that, which, uh, again, trying to reboot this series. Uh, and then there's two more, the last two that I have not seen yet, uh, where, some, where they go attempt to make a, another complete reboot of the series, and then a spinoff film. Uh, oh, and there's another one in there of the, the Puppet Master versus the Demonic Toys. Did you keep count? How many was that? Uh, that is 15, my good sir. 15. <laughs> you have watched 11 of 15 movies. I am so proud of you. I am so well, proud of it, you. No, I have, there's two of them that I haven't seen. No, no, oh, you've seen the, the, the spinoff and the... No, those are the two that I haven't seen. Oh, so you did see, um, cause, unless, wait, <laughs> cause the last two were the new reboots, right? Or were those the spinoff? Right. The last, the last two, uh, the two that I have not seen are the okay. complete reboot and the spinoff. Okay. My apologies. I was counting the two that you haven't seen and as separate from the complete spinoff and the reboot. So technically it's not 15. My apologies. It's 13. You have seen 11 of 13. Yeah. They are, uh, they are something else. Is there anybody famous in any of them? In the Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys film, which is a non-canon PG-13 made-for-TV Christmas movie. Yes! The uh, always charming Corey Feldman. Yes! Oh, I might Plays a a man... Uh, probably 20 years older than he actually is. Oh. Uh, and has a terrible voice that he has put on to try to sound older. Can I watch that film stand alone and still understand what's going on? Barb, you don't have to watch any of these films in any order to have to care about what's happening <laughs> because it usually doesn't matter. Even better. I feel like we have potentially found a new family tradition for Christmas of watching this movie. <laughs> no, yes. no, we have not. Yes, I feel like we need to do oh. this. I'm actually a little bit disappointed that you didn't watch this before Christmas, so I could have. We could I have done this. I didn't realize it was a Christmas movie until after I had seen it. You're fired, um, but- Barb. I still watched it, and you have not watched it. <laughs> so don't be trying to put your holier-than-now uh, Christmas <laughs> film uh, snooty-tooty pants on me. You haven't even watched it. You don't know. Uh, Jim, I would just like to ask you this question. How many Tremors movies are there? Do you know the answer <sighs> to that? Oh, is there like, there's like six. Uh, there is five with a TV show. That's what I watch instead of <laughs> instead of what is Hellraiser. Did no. the, did it, I didn't think the TV show actually existed. I thought the TV show just started. Like they was it was rumored. It was almost created. Oh, it was created. And okay. it is available on one of the streaming apparatus near you. Which one? It's either Netflix or Amazon. I don't remember. Okay. 
But they so have... if you count the if you count the entire TV show as a movie, there are six movies, and I was correct. Correct. So um, yeah, it... um, Jamie Fox uh, is in two of them. Oh, really? Do you have you not even do, do I know more about the Tremors movies than you know about the Tremors movies oh. now too? We're talking Tremors movies. I thought you were still <laughs> talking about Puppet Master. For some reason, no. I could only come up with Hellraiser, and I was like, Puppet Master and Hellraiser are two vastly different yeah, movie collections. Yeah, they're two. Uh, they, they're both very in-depth movie collections. Um, are they? What do you know about Hellraiser movies? I thought Hellraiser was like, I thought there was like six or seven Hellraisers. There's definitely a number, but I don't know if they're in-depth. Just because there's a lot of sequels doesn't make them in-depth. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, so Tremors. Tremors. Jamie Foxx is in those movies? He's in a couple of them. He plays Burt Gummer's uh, illegitimate son or something like that. Oh. See, again, I'm schooling you on the films here, Barb. You got uh, I, I'm not taking you to lie. film school. I'm not going to lie. I don't believe you. I'm 100% looking this up right now. This is the most exciting piece of every podcast when one <laughs> member of the podcasting crew uh, takes out their phone to go to a search engine. Okay, so here's the deal. I went through Jamie Foxx's IMDb. He is not Jamie Foxx. How many famous Jamies are there? A lot. Uh, Barb. Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That, okay. Jamie Foxx is on the other side of the spectrum from Jamie Kennedy. Okay. Yes. That makes far more sense as playing Bert's illegitimate son. See, if you, if you had known the movies, <laughs> uh, you would have been able to correct me faster. You wouldn't have had to have, uh... I, uh, I... I was like, there is no way they got Jamie Foxx. He's an A-list celebrity to be in any of the Tremors movies beyond number two. Like, we, at best, we might have seen him in one or two, but anything past that, there is no reason, unless he was a fan and was just bored and like, sure, I'm going to show up and I'll get eaten or whatever, but... That's why I didn't believe you when you said Jamie Foxx. So uh, I would just like to say, one point for Barb. You were wrong. <laughs> That's half right. No, I'm not even Jamie. Good. No, Jamie no. was in Jamie was in two Tremors movies, and he was Bert's illegitimate son. I just want you to realize that you are comparing, sir. The actor who played... I'm comparing uh, two actors whose both names are Jamie. You are comparing two actors, one who starred as Ray Charles in Ray, and the other one who was the star of Malibu's Most Wanted. Those right. are like, not hey, comparable actors. They are both actors. They are both paying their... They both pay their dues to the Actors Guild... Uh, they both have two legs. Two I'm shaking arms, two my head eyes. at you. I'm shaking my head at you. No. Uh, no. Yeah. No. The similarities. The similarities don't just start at the number of extremities that they have, Barb. <laughs> uh, they both have hair. 
<laughs> really? I mean, by that, by that math, then I would be similar to them as well. Well, you are a, a little bit, but you're not, you're not a uh, card-carrying member of the uh, Screen Actors Guild. I mean, are they? Yes, you have to be. It's like part of the union thing. What are you Googling now? <laughs> okay. Are you Googling Screen Actors Guild membership to see if you can just join it so you can become more similar to Jamie Foxx? <laughs> um, no. So I literally Googled because now I want to know. Have Jamie Foxx and Jamie Kennedy ever been in a movie together? What's the answer? Oh, yes. They worked together in the 2000 uh, movie Bait. Aha! They have Aha. worked together Aha. in one movie. <laughs> See? Were you in the uh, 2003 hit film Bait? It wasn't 2003. It was 2000. Were you in the 2000 hit film Bait? Produced and directed by none other than... Uh, Insert name of producer, director, later in post. Uh, director Antoine Fuqua. <laughs> yeah. Barb, you're just digging your hole deeper and deeper. Just keep digging that hole because Jamie Kennedy and Jamie Foxx are basically the same person. And while you may have a few similarities <sighs> to them, you have never talked to uh, Mr. Fuqua. Uh, I'm... I'm the one standing on the top of the dirt mound with the shovel in my hand. You're the one in the hole. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and now I'm yeah, going to bury you with all the dirt. You know what's at the bottom of this hole? Gold. <laughs> Podcast gold. And I'm earning it. And you're not, I'm not going to share. Uh, excuse me. This is a joint venture any good things we share, any bad things, it's all your fault. Okay, all right. I see. I see how this is. I see how you're you're trying to butter my bread. Uh, uh up, butter side down, obviously. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be the stuff you give me. Yep. Keep the keep the butter side up, so for yourself. Of course, that's the good stuff. Why would I waste the good stuff on you? <sighs> All right, Barb, we're, we're running out of tape. Um, we have not yet gotten to uh, the topic of the day. The topic du jour? Uh, you and I both, uh, we got together. We sat around our virtual uh, conference table, banged heads, butted heads. Literally. Decided on a topic. Decided that in the, uh, in the interest of fan service. Yep. We were going to go and pick up the un, uh, untouched topic that was suggested to us by the anonymous listener who refused to be identified mm -hmm. in their text messages to us. Uh-huh, indeed. And that topic, Barbara. Roller derby. Mm-hmm. Mm so here's the, yes. old, like, here's the thing. Um, I feel like we could just do a whole entire season just on yes. roller derby. Yes. This is this is like trying to record a uh, a thirty minute segment on uh, the history of baseball. Yes, <laughs> not going to happen. Ken Burns couldn't could you know needed what like twenty four hours just of solid footage to talk about baseball. It's not going to happen. We're going to do our best. We're going to try to work through it. 
I mean, yeah. Where do we where do we want to start? I guess that's my first question. What what do you think our listeners Let's start from where our listeners are coming from. Okay. Uh, so roller derby, uh, quick little history lesson on roller derby. Uh, gosh, what was it? The 60s, the 70s, um, there was banked track roller derby that was played. Yeah. Uh, traveled around, very similar to uh, sort of like the very old school wrestling where you have the good guys, you have the bad guys, you have some not scripted, but encouraged rough and tumble. Um, yes. And so. Yep. Worked, worked well for television. Uh, right. Worked well. Uh, some people would come to see it live, but really it was, it was good for television. Um, women skating around hitting each other. Uh, hit hit that uh, exploitative exploitative uh, bone that people were looking for. So fast forward. Yep. Uh, late two thousands. Correct. Texas. Yep. Texas. Texas was the birth, the rebirth of current mo- current day roller derby as we know it now. Took the basic structure of the game. Uh, simplified some of the rules. Mm-hmm. Simplified the track, maybe a flat track so you could put it anywhere. Yep. Throw some masking tape on the floor. You've got yourself a roller derby track. Yep. Kind of uh, hit hit a nerve with a uh, the the modern feminist movement, where women want to feel empowered, want to be able to do whatever they want to do, hit people if they want to, be as athletic as they want to, and not needing to compete with men. And uh, really just kind of took off. People told their friends. Their friends told their friends. It blew up quite a bit. Uh, we got some, uh, whatever that movie was with uh, Drew Barrymore and uh, Juno. Elliot Page. Um, uh, Whip It. Whip It is the name of that movie. All right, Barb, you've got 30 seconds. The floor is yours. What? You're doing a roller derby thing. You go to a hotel. You step on to... The elevator. You're and, on the ground floor. Oh, okay. A stranger steps into the elevator with you. They are in town for a wedding three days from now. They ask you about your roller derby socks. <laughs> You've got until you reach the 12th floor where you have to get off to convince them that roller derby is a thing that they should be interested in. Oh, man. And they should pay. Oh, man. The nominal entrance fee to go to the roller derby event in the convention center that is attached to the hotel that you are both staying in. 30 uh, seconds. Well, um, are, you, are you ready? No, of course not. I Good. Mean, on your mark, get set, go. All right. So realistically, first thing I'm doing is hitting that emergency stop button so I can have more than 30 seconds to discuss hey, roller derby. no, you're cheating. That's like you asking the I genie. Couldn't. You didn't that's say like I could That's like asking couldn't. the genie for more wishes. Okay. So what I would tell them is that uh, modern day roller derby is uh, a sport, very athletic, very strategic driven, um, and it is you have uh, athletes on skates 
There are five players from each team on the track, both jockeying to get lead position and then therefore control how long the opponent and themselves have the opportunity to score, uh, as well as at the same time trying to score. You have people playing offense and defense at the same time. And as they're trying to walk away, I am holding the elevator doors open (laughs) and going... (laughs) I am in this room. If you have more questions, come and find me. I will buy you a ticket and you can come and watch X, Y, and Z bout. And I will explain everything to you because it really helps if you have someone that knows what's going on to tell you about the penalties and the strategy and everything that's going on. And Bob. hello, my name is Loose Change. Have a good night. Goodbye. <laughs> that's what I would them. say. You've lost them. They think you're insane. <laughs> uh, they think you are unwell. Uh, they may have called security on you. Have you met me, Jim? <laughs> You're saying that people have multiple times called security on you? I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I can be fast when I need to be. That's all I'm saying. So if I'm, yeah. Uh, I, I, have been, I have been called uh, an enthusiast. I have been yes. called crazy. I have been called a lot of different things about roller derby, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm cool with all of them because it is a a sport that I thoroughly enjoy. And the humans that I have been lucky enough to meet and call friends and have wonderful experiences with uh, has made my life uh, better and more rich from all of that. Mm -hmm. So I will preach the good news of roller derby to anyone who will listen to me until I probably die. All right, Barb, do you want... Uh, do you want to uh, throw a scenario at me and oh. see how far how far I could go? Um, like any scenario, or well, I was I was hoping it would uh, be similarly related, <laughs> but I mean, sure, you could. I mean, if you want me to go uh, hang out on Tremors Island and try to explain <laughs> echolocation to. Uh, Somebody who's there, like that's that's weird, but <laughs> okay, all right. I've got I've got a situation for you. You ready for this, Jim? Okay. Are you gonna give me the time ahead of like the time limit ahead of time or Oh, I'm gonna you're gonna get the same 30 seconds that you gave me. Okay. Why why oh, am I gonna seconds. give you more? If anything, I kinda wanna give you less. Okay. So here's the situation. You and I are at an extended family reunion. Mm. One of our extended reunion family members comes up to you, rolls Mm -hmm. their eyes, and says, your sister won't stop talking about roller derby. I can't deal with it. Uh Uh-huh. You have 25 seconds to convince this person that roller derby is indeed something that they should give a shot to. Do I have any, any more context on this uh, a family member's background? Let's say they're fairly moderate. Uh, we're going to go cis, white, hetero, male. Okay. And maybe they grew up in like a Hudson or a Prescott. So not in <laughs> like an urban area. <laughs> Yes, for for all of our listeners who are not uh, uh, extremely familiar with the extended, the the extremely extended Twin Cities suburbs. Yes. 
So, yes. So, it would be an extended suburb, um, maybe like a like like if we were talking East Coast New York, like they grew up in Jersey. I don't I don't know. All I know is like what I don't <laughs> I don't know. People are always like oh, oh Jersey when it's like New York City. Oh Jersey. Um, I don't Tober, know. Tober Tober, if you're listening <laughs> and you're hearing loose, try to to tell people that uh, Prescott. Is the Jersey to New <laughs> to to Minneapolis's New York? I would like to apologize. Okay, is that is that the background that I have? Is that the background that I need? Uh, sure. I mean, do you want what other background do you want? I'm, I'll take any background. You're you're building the scenario here, not me. <laughs> um, this is this is like a weird Dungeons and Dragons moment. <laughs> I'm gonna roll for initiative. You're going to roll for persuasion, Jim. Come on. Get it right. Uh, Initiative first, then persuasion, if I uh, can attack. Uh, I want to know if I'm attacking or being attacked. Well, I mean, like, are I, well, yeah, that's like, are you just, are, do you just need to interact with this person or are you needing to actually physically engage? Because that's what you're the dungeon master. You're supposed to be telling me. Oh, um, (laughs) uh, no, you don't need to roll for initiative. This is just a okay. conversation. You can roll for persuasion. Okay, I'm not rolling for persuasion. I've got this in the bag. I've got uh, a plus 30 intelligence <laughs> because of my hat. And go. Uh, so here's the thing you got to understand. Um, she's obviously very enthusiastic about the sport, but it is a legitimate sport. This is not uh, just a bunch of... Uh, lollygaggers off the street uh, running around in a circle. These are actual competitors. These are people who take this seriously. Um, and the best way to experience any sporting event Time. is live. Um, and since you lent like a full 30 seconds over, I'm going to uh, give myself an extra five seconds to say, like any sporting event, go pick a team, cheer for that team. It'll make the experience 100% better. Uh, that was 10 seconds, not five seconds over. But I'm going to give it to you anyways. Nicely done. Good job. Thank you. What was the point of that exercise? Just to make it fair and square. Oh, okay. All right. And also to, give, like people, to give people a, a, a less technical flavor. Okay, fine. Sure. Okay. You, you, you went hard. You went hard on the rules. Yeah, well, that's... It's because I'm an announcer, and so it's the stuff that I talk about. Form- yes. Formally, formally a, a rulesy. This is true. Also, ruleser. yes, also a former official, so and former coach. So the rules are a big part of what I of what I know. You you may have you may have scared um, our estranged relative off, but you at least piqued his interest to the point that he might at some point in time go see about. Uh, mm-hmm. the next time he's in the metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's probably a, uh, are there, are there still lots of little teams everywhere? Uh, there was, there was like an insane yes. quantity of small teams for quite a few years where like every, every town that had a population somewhere in the like ten thousand people 
uh, had, a, had a roller derby team. Yeah, so that was about four years ago when you really started to see all of those small teams either merge, kind mm-hmm. of implode, or mm-hmm. have groups of skaters decide that they're going to go and attempt to join other leagues. Uh, so you, you've you seen, you know, and, and a lot of those popped up in the wake of Whippet, uh, you know. Hmm. Uh, would you would you point to the movie then as that catalyst, or was the movie a, uh, a just kind of a symptom of the larger groundswell of support? In my opinion, and I'm sure there's many people that would disagree with me, but this is my opinion because it's partial, it's your show, partially my it's podcast. my show. It's our show, Jim. <laughs> it's not. That's why I said it's partially mine. Gosh, um, I think whip it was a fairly big catalyst for for people who were already involved and fans and knew what was going on. um, Mm -hmm. It was very interesting to watch it kind of turn from this very alternative, um, you know, not a lot of fans to suddenly within the span of six months, the Roy Wilkins was selling out. Yeah. And 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 there was literally no seats to be had because people were going to see roller modern day roller derby again. And it was families because it's a family friendly function. Uh and mm-hmm. it was people who were like, "Oh man, I remember seeing that on TV. I want to take my kids and my grandkids." Um so it was very very fascinating to see this groundswell occur and then to watch these leagues start to create and blossom um and then sadly as it happens when you have a sport where it is real people do get hurt there is the 9 month injury which means you get pregnant people have <laughs> people have lives you know things like that and so you do see that fluctuation. And so we're, we've started to see that have that downturn of those small leagues really not being able to sustain themselves. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's tough. It's, it's super tough when you're playing a sport that you pay for everything. You pay dues. Yes. You pay for yes. your equipment. You pay for upkeep. You pay for any travel. You know this. This is one hundred percent. Unless you're a league that has amazing marketing and really great sponsors, and you're able to help offset that cost for your skaters, uh, this is really a DIY in and of itself sport. Yeah. And that is how it started back in the early two thousands, mid two thousands. Excuse me. In Texas, mm-hmm. I would not. I would not attribute it directly to the movie. I would attribute the uh, explosion because there was it was legitimately an explosion and it was crazy. Yep. Uh, I would attribute that just to one part smart social media people and the smart social media people making connections with other people. There was enough interest in general that people got other people interested, and there was a stupid amount of local news teams who wanted to have their reporters go learn how to skate 
and oh, learn yeah. how to do roller derby. Yep. So they got a ton of local media exposure. And that's because one team did it. They saw how well it went. Butts in the seats, paying tickets, means that theoretically they could lower their dues. They said this was great. Other teams said, how do you do this? They said, well, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. We did this. It really helped. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. You know, and maybe maybe I will change my mind that it wasn't necessarily the spark. Whippet wasn't necessarily the spark, but it was the easy way to get people interested to be like, hey, mm-hmm. remember this thing that I've been talking to you about? Now you can go watch this two hour long movie and it rent this DVD. Right. And and it's easy to get to to build that connection and to see and sort of have a baseline mm. understanding. And so then it's easier to go into, you know, about and find your local team and and seek that out and be like, oh, well, I want to go see what this actually is like, you know, live and in person. Yeah. So I I will say I can only speak for some of the local Minnesota teams that I uh, have been a fan of, have been a volunteer of, have been a staff member of, and what I have seen in my time of traveling and going to different, you know, leagues and everything. So I know how Minnesota has handled. We had, you know, a lot of different uh, smaller leagues. You tend to see a little bit less and less. It could be vastly different for people on the East Coast, on the West Coast, down South. I'm not sure. I, I get, you know, I, I can only speak to to current. The other thing to take into consideration is time has lost all meaning and roller <laughs> derby hasn't been able to be played safely in the past year. Yes. So that's a whole nother side of the situation is when this pandemic is over, what will the roller derby community and world look like? What does it look like on the other side? Yep. Who knows? Who knows, man? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because part of the pandemic uh, was that we've there's, a, there's been this push for all of the professional sports teams to continue playing. And you've got you've got basketball and hockey and baseball and football are all happening uh, because the people who own those leagues have put a ton of money into it. There's a lot of money in these contracts. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're not looking to lose any money. So they're willing to risk the health of their players yep. uh, to keep the, the sports product rolling. Yep. Uh, roller Derby being a completely hobbyist uh, DIY. Nobody has that much money invested into a Roller Derby organization that they have the amount of sway to, to push that, that envelope. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, what happens on the other side? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It might be a whole uh, downswing as people are, you know, trying to figure out what they're doing with their lives, what they want to do. Um, people have moved on to other hobbies. Mm-hmm. You know, half the world's roller derby players may now have uh, decided to become hardcore knitters. Yeah. On the opposite side, uh, there could be an incredible upswing because uh, once there's enough vaccines out, people are like, I need to go out. I need to do things. Yep. Uh, What are things that I can do? Uh, I'm going to go out. I'm going to watch more baseball. I'm going to go to local wrestling events. 
I'm gonna go to weird synchronized swimming things. People could just be looking for any reason to get out of the house. Yeah. And uh, a roller derby, I think, is a an excellent reason to get out of the house. Agreed. My excitement is looking forward as to what the international scene of roller derby is really going to look like. So, hmm. the so for folks not super familiar with roller derby, so there is a governing body, the WFTDA, um, and and there is rankings of the the, uh, the Women's Flat Track Roller Derby Association. Correct. Uh, and and there are teams that are travel teams. They're the all stars. Um, uh, they're they're the nationally ranked and internationally ranked. Excuse me, the internationally ranked teams. Over the last fifteen years, primarily the teams that have been within that top ten, top fifteen, top twenty mm-hmm. have all been based out of the United States. Within the last three or four years, you've really started to see a lot of international teams enter into that top 20 sphere um, with Victoria Mm. and London, um, you know, and so you have a lot of these other, um, you know, because the because the resurgence and rebirth of roller derby started in the United States, we have historically been in the past um, kind of at the top of the curve trending, creating the strategies that everyone then follows. Right. The most experience just tends to stick with the the teams who have been there the longest. Exactly. But now, with the pandemic and the fact that there are a lot of vaccinations and different things that are happening a lot faster outside of the United States... Mm -hmm. Is this going to be the opportunity for the international teams to really take center stage and mm. to have them become the pinnacle and setting all of the the strategies that then trickles down and everyone else starts to copy? Um, and so that's one of the things that I'm super excited to see and hope hope to see um, because there's so many good international teams that given the opportunity, are going to give the the top-ranked U.S. teams a run for their money. And yeah. and that's that's a good story to tell. That's a good story to tell, and it's a good story to see play out. Uh, as an announcer, you're always looking for that story, aren't you? You're looking for that Olympic, that Olympic story of the, uh, the underdog who bought their first set of skates. Oh, yeah. Off a... Uh, such and such and blah 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 and met some people and saw a parade and whatever it's it's it makes it's it just it makes my job as an announcer so much easier when when there's such compelling stories behind roller derby um so yes okay all right all right barb uh the producer uh, is waving at me telling me we need to wrap it up they're giving me the wrap it up sign Here's the deal, though, Jim. I'm not ready to be done yet. I want your introduction slash small history as to how you were introduced to roller derby. So there was some general interest in roller derby coming from uh, our brother Joe. Correct. Possibly you as well. But I think he was the larger catalyst. 
He was the initial catalyst, if nothing else. So, you know, I had, it was like, okay, he's into a thing that could be interesting, whatever. Um, but then uh, one of my coworkers, who also is named Joe, uh, was getting super into roller derby in Milwaukee and was like, oh, yeah, it's a thing, blah, blah, blah. This is what happens, do, 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 do. And I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, so if my brother's into it and this guy's into it, like, oh, you know, I'll go check it out, see what's happening. And so I went down, um, saw a, a Brew City Bruisers boat, and, uh, you know, I enjoyed myself. Excellent. So, my introduction, Catalyst being Joe yet again, Joe comes over to the house, and for some reason, I don't know why, but he's like, okay, I gotta go, got it, we're, I'm doing this thing with uh, the Twin Cities Unicycle Club. And I was like, oh, I've got friends. What are you doing? Is it a parade? Is it a show? I'll come see. And he plays this whole game of like, no, 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 no. It's nothing that you would be interested in. You're not going to want to waste your time. You're, you don't need to do anything about it. I was like, no, I want to know. If my friends are going to be there from the Unicycle Club, I want to go support them. No, 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 no. It's nothing that you're interested in and you're not going to like it. Don't worry about it. It finally got to the point where I had to call in the big guns, being mom and dad. And I had to play the annoying little sister card of mom, dad. Oh my, oh my God. You did that? Yeah, you I tattled? did that. Well, I was you like, tattled? don't tell me where he's going. And so I oh believe. Oh my God. I believe it was dad <laughs> who just like rolled his eyes at me and was like, just tell her so she'll shut up, Joe. And of course, being Joe, he rolled his eyes as well and was like, Fine, it's roller derby. And at this point in time, I have entered full annoying little sister mode. And so I'm like, roller derby, let's go look it up. Figured out what it was, uh, where it was at, called up my best friend, Eric, and I was like, we're going to this tonight. And he was like, okay, I don't have anything else going on. Sure. I was like, yes, let's do it. Um, and like, we got there. And the Twin Cities Unicycle Club, I think they were doing like the pre-show or maybe it was, okay. yeah, it was the pre-show. Um, and so I was like, yay, this is fun. I'm seeing my friends. They're performing. It's great. I was like, we'll stick around for a little while, watch roller derby. And then it started and I just fell in love. And I was just like, I love this. This is phenomenal. Seeing all of these powerful, strong women. And like, this is great. Uh, Eric was just like, okay, I'm glad you like it. You know, like, I'm, I'm not going to come back or anything. That was my introduction because Joe wouldn't tell me. And I was a jerk. Yeah, he didn't he didn't want you to come and like be an obnoxious little sister get in the way of him being involved in a, a little performance with his group and you were a complete brat. Uh and now you have recorded that live to tape. I mean, I did not interrupt his performance. I did not try to like go backstage to hang out with him. Like I didn't I wasn't like, I'm gonna follow you when you're done or anything. Eric and I stayed at our little spot. Like, I cheered for them. I don't even think Joe saw me or any of the other unicyclists for that fact. Um, but yes, that was, that was the reason that uh, 
the 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 reason that I can uh, attribute to to my passion and interest for the last approximately fifteen years is right. uh, because I was a complete and utter jerk, and I I forced my parents to make Joe tell me what he was doing. <laughs> and that's how you learned your lesson that being an absolute snot gets you what you want, and you've never looked back. I mean. Hey, if the shoe fits, right? <laughs> All right, Barb. I, I've heard, I've heard on the internet. I've heard on the subreddits. People are in our Slack uh, talking about the show. Wait People a second. Are, we uh, we have a Slack? No. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm just checking. People, we don't have a subreddit. These are not I'm, things that the, the most uh, social media activity we have is in the comments section on your Facebook posts. Uh, people are, people are writing in, people are excited. People want to talk to us, Barbara. We're, we're hitting the ground running. Indeed. So. Um, oh, so we did get, uh, one text message. Uh, mm-hmm. let me, let me pull it up here real quick. This was actually a text, text message that came to me. Okay. So somebody who doesn't want to text the show number. Right. Wants um, to text you direct. <laughs> but it was, listen to episode one. Neck strips. That's what the hairstylist supplies are called. What? I <laughs> neck strips. That's what the hairstylist supplies are called. I Did went... we talk about that? <laughs> I had to go back and listen to episode <laughs> one because I was like, "Are you listening to the right podcast?" <laughs> and we do. We talk about them. In the because it's the ep because what we were talking about was um, the fact that in when you have gone to your hairstylist, your barber, there has been people that have showed up to sell him uh, supplies when you've been there, and and there was a very brief moment of like talking about you know uh, selling razors and. Um, you know, the, the things that go around the neck. And I, I, I think I was like, what are those called? And, and you said, yeah, I don't know what they are. The, the, the strips that go around the neck are called neck strips. Exactly. They're called, okay. they're called neck All strips. Right. So, so that, was, that was one of the text messages. <laughs> All right. Good, te- good text message, listener. Thank you. So then we got both a voicemail. Okay. And a text message from the same person oh. who was willing to go on record about who they are and what they want and their feedback from the show. All right, Barb, play that voicemail. All right. Roll that so. beautiful bean footage. Ah, <laughs> oh, Bush's baked beans. Um, okay. Give me a second. Tim and Barb, you guys are amazing. This is Carrie. Short-time listener, long-time fan. I was about to call in and say, you guys keep me entertained every day to and from work three days straight. So, like forever. I have so many comments because it took me a while to find the phone number. So, things to say. First up, I have an idea for one of your episodes. Now that it's COVID, we're all reminiscing a lot. I think you guys should have an episode reminiscing about your trip through Texas. Maybe even have your brother on again. Just an idea. I, I will say I do want to hear the story of when Jim ran across the road 
when you do this episode? I think it's a brilliant idea, so I'm going with when. Um, and I would also like it noted that when I received a phone call later that night where Joe tried explaining Jim running across the road, and Barb and Joe laughed so hard for two minutes that I had zero idea of what they were trying to tell me or what was happening. Totally hilarious. Reminiscing. Thank you guys for trying. Let's see what else. Oh, you had talked about tacos for Christmas. Best Christmas idea ever. Also, really easy to do allergen-free. But that aside, recently tried a new taco wrap instead of flour tortilla, which also is one of Joe's favorites. Just throwing that out there. If it isn't a Midwestern male thing, it is definitely your family thing. Um, it was egg. It's an egg wrap. And it held up way better than a tortilla wrap. It's like one carb and 30 calories, and it was pretty good. So, wanted to share that. Let's see. Oh, also, Barb, um, depending on how well you've been quarantining and or how well you've been quarantining, we're going to get together and watch Soylent Green because unacceptable that you haven't seen it. It's so terrible, it's awesome. So I think you have to. That's my personal opinion, clearly. But I would love to hang out with you and watch that. <clears throat> okay. Those are all the ideas that I can remember for right now. So now that we're at like a three-minute voicemail, um, you guys are amazing. Keep it up. Also, uh, before I have to go digging through the archives to catch up on what I missed, get me out another episode. Can't wait. Bye! So there you have it. Our very Thanks. first voicemail. Thanks for calling in, Carrie. Uh, it sounded like she uh, she said awesome, like uh, like she's a got Boston. A little, a little bit of a little bit of flavor that is not your standard uh, Minnesotan. I didn't, I don't know if that is intentional. If that's just the the voicemail garble, but uh, we'll definitely uh, we'll, we'll we'll add some of these ideas to our our docket. So she also sent us a text message. Oh, you don't say. I I I, I actually already did say that. Oh, I, I, oh I, you already I, said that? I, yeah, I did. I said that, that she right, texted voicemail read, and texted. Ah, read, read that text message. Good to know you're paying attention, Jim. All right, so this is what it says. This is Carrie, caught up listener, longtime fan. Three things. One, Sorkinizers. Sork. What? <laughs> Sorkinizers? Sorkinizers. <laughs> Sor- is this supposed to be about sock sorters? Yes. Uh, okay. This is Carrie, caught up listener, longtime fan. Three things. One, <laughs> sock one. organizers. Just got one for the first time about a week before the sock episode aired. Mm-hmm. I love it and will never go back. <laughs> Two, reason to wear pattern sock defense. They are easy to pair together for folding. And if you always wear the same pattern socks together, then the right and left socks erode at the same pace. Mm-hmm. Three, did you get my voicemail or did I leave that on someone else's number? <laughs> Four, oops, did I say three things? Oh, well, when do we get another episode? And then oh about goodness. a dozen exclamation points and question marks at ending that. All right, Barb, you need to reread uh, letter four uh, and properly give it the impact that Carrie was going for when she uh, used all that uh, <clears throat> punctuation. Excuse me, uh, while I warm up. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. so, uh, channeling, channeling, Carrie. Four. Oops, did I say three? Oh, well. When do we get another episode?
code. Well done. The listeners at home didn't see it, but I was shaking my hands like a wild person. So. All right. Well, thank you, Carrie. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying the show. We will definitely get this show out into your podcast app as soon as we can. Um, I've even heard, I've heard tales that uh, if you tell your Alexa device that you want to listen to uh, Jim and Barbara from home, that it will indeed start playing uh, the most recent episode for you. So, Oh, really? Those of you who have smart home uh, devices like that, give it a shot. See what happens. I mean, I feel like that would be the only reason I would probably want to get an Alexa, just so I could be like, Alexa, play Jim and Barb work from home. So Barb, if other people um, want to uh, enter the annals of history, like Carrie. Yes. And uh, give us a, a heartfelt message. Yes. How would they do so? Well, they have two opportunities. They can oh, either- two of them. They, yes, indeed. So you can communicate with us using our phone number, which a, a is a phone number, a phone number, Jim. Uh, you can either call or text us. At, Ooh, texts. Yes. Yes. We receive both calls and text messages. 402-913-0054. But Barb. Everybody doesn't want to always talk to us or or leave text messages. Some people really like to have a full keyboard and write write long form letters to us. That's how would, how would they go about that? Well, if that was something that they were interested in doing, uh, we would be able to accept those long form electronic letters uh, mm. via our email address, which is Ooh. Jim and Barb Work From Home at Gmail. Com. How exotic. Very, very exotic. All right, Barb, it has been a pleasure. Until next time, she's Barb. He's Jim. Have a Have good, a good night. night, everyone. <laughs>